0: Hello Future Tribe and welcome to this episode of the Future Tribe podcast. On this week's episode, we've got businesswoman Kat McLeod. Kat and I discuss her entrepreneurial background and you have to be born with it or whether being a business person or getting into business is something that you can develop throughout your life. Uh, We also talk about how Kat balances work and family given that she's a businesswoman and a mother. I, I just cannot imagine how much work that would take. Um, Kat discusses how she likes her hyper-focused model in her life, something that she has really honed in on uh, that allows her to set aside short intervals of time to complete a lot of work really really quickly, similar to the Pomodoro technique which you may have heard of before or may, may even use. Uh, this leads into a conversation about why so many people get put off big projects and how you can tackle them. I know when big projects sort of are looming over you it can be a little bit challenging sometimes so breaking them down and using techniques like this that break down your workload can make it much more attainable and much more easy to I guess wrap your head around that rather than looking at you know a big project you can look at it as a small project that leads to or number of small projects that leads to the accomplishment of a big project Um, towards the end of the episode uh, we talk about how people are often too quick to begin their online business without putting in the groundwork there are a lot of business consultants and people selling business or the idea of business online so i think it's very easy to get trapped in Things like starting a blog for passive income and you think that it's very easy so people often don't put in the work that they need into planning out what ends up being this very real, living, organic thing that is a business. So, we get into this and uh, a lot more in this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.
1: Welcome to the Future Tribe podcast, where we're all about taking your future to the next level. Whether it is interviewing guests or unpacking strategies, you know we will be talking about getting things done and backing you, a fellow optimistic go-getter. And now, as always, here is your host, the formidable, fortunate, and highly favoured Jermaine Muller.
0: Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And um, joining me, Jermaine, is Kat McLeod, all the way from the US. Hey, Kat, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. I just took a dip in the ocean, swam for about 15 minutes and did a little beach jog. And I'm feeling amazing on a beautiful 78 degree Fahrenheit day in February in sunny Southern California.
0: Oh nice. I've never been to California, but I think it'd be nice one day. I'll say yeah, I say hi to you now. next time. <laughs> 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 hey, um so let's get started with a bit of an intro of what you do and and um who you are sort of now and get get back to you know how it all started as well.
1: Right now my business gears towards busy moms helping them pinpoint their perfect business idea, and I use the same framework—this high purpose, high profit, high pleasure framework—that I developed 13 years ago, helping women transition out of the sex industry. So that's where the framework was birthed, and I've refined it for busy moms like myself, so that they can make high profit for the time spent and still have fulfilling work of their own that feels purposeful. That makes makes them feel independent, brings in independent income and allows them to stay mom
0: first. Okay. Okay. So it's very much, I guess, this is what I love about business. It's that business lets you have a life. It gives you almost the freedom to lead a life um, where you make the, make the decisions, you call the shots. Um, I think uh, often work um, and, and businesses work as well, but working for someone else can end up being this, you know, you've got to work to their parameters of say, what is working, you know, is working turning up nine to five and more often than not actually turning up half an hour in advance and saying half an hour later. Um, but when you do your own thing, you can be a mom, you can be, be someone else, or you can be heaps of other people while also having a business rather than just being, you know, the accountant or the programmer. Um, so is that, is that sort of need to be a mompreneur? Um, so to speak, did that come out of necessity or is that by design? Um, how did you sort of come up with this model?
1: I've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. I started as an entrepreneur. I've only worked for somebody else for about six months of my life, my adult life. And I did not like it. I did not like having set hours. Like you just mentioned, I did not like being micromanaged. I did not like having to do things I did not want to do versus when I do that for my own business, it feels like my own choice. So I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. I was the child selling blow pops to my classmates that I bought at the grocery store for a dime and sold for a quarter.
0: Okay, so you you're another one of those people. It's funny because the last episode um I spoke to someone who again was that sort of yes, I was always meant to be an entrepreneur. I I was the guy getting in trouble for, you know, selling things at school for example, selling things for a profit. Um and funny enough, this is the second week in a row that we've talked to someone who sort of had that had that drive um from from a young age. Now why was that? Um, why why did you do that? Was that again because you you saw this opportunity or was it because you wanted pocket money? Um, was it because you needed pocket money? How, how, what was what was the cause of that?
1: I love money. I unabashedly love money. I think money is great. I do great things with my money. I donate 10% of all of my revenue to charities of my choice. So I think I've always had a... <laughs> A desire for money. And I also want to point out that almost all of my clients over this last 13 years of working with people did not feel like they were born entrepreneurs. I just don't want anyone listening to feel discouraged. Like, oh my gosh, the last listener and Cat, they were just always that way, even when they were kids. That is true. It is the truth. And maybe that makes being an entrepreneur a little bit easier for me. However, all of my clients, the vast majority of them were did not feel like they were born entrepreneurs. A lot of them were leaving corporate jobs, leaving jobs they did not like, jobs that did not allow them to be mom first. So that emphasis is important because you can be born with a certain amount of skills, but let's just face it, being consistent in doing the work outweighs any kind of natural talent.
0: Uh, exactly. Being consistent, turning up and just being willing to do the work. And I think there's an element also of just being willing to outlast everyone else. Um, I, I think in a lot of industries, it's just, you just end up being the last one to die <laughs> or the last one, to, last one standing almost, um, where, cause business is a hard slog. You know, it can take three years. It can take three months. It can take three days. Who knows how long it'll take for you to do well. It's all just about turning up and just going for it and just, just sort of staying consistent. I think now going back to being a mom and, and working um, and having a business at the same time, where do you start from? Like, where, where do you, I mean, I still struggle with it. Like, where do I draw the line of being a good partner, being, you know, say fair to my dog. I don't have kids yet, but a dog to me is a responsibility that I, that I purchased and I, I've taken on. And, you know, I have to walk the dog. I have to spend time with the dog. A dog isn't just this accessory that is there there when I need it. And I often struggle, you know, between, do I go for a run with the dog? Do I play with the dog for an hour or do I sit down and, um, you know, yes, it's 10 PM or yes, it's 8 PM. Do I, do I just go, okay, it's late night. uh, It's dark out. I'm just going to do some work versus spending time. Um, I mean, when it's your kids, it's even probably more important and even more time consuming. Now, where, what do you, how do you sort of deal with that? Because, A business can be a child, you know, a business can be a second child or a third child, where do you start from?
1: I time block. I religiously time block, but I'll move backwards. I believe in businesses that take 15 hours or less a week. I live by this. I have great success with my 15 hour model and almost all of my clients work these hours, maybe up to 20 because I totally believe in being mom first. And one of the ways that we do that is using my hyper-focus model. And I'll explain it really briefly, but basically for 30 minutes, you set a timer and and during that 30 minutes, you work on your business, you do the steps necessary to move your business forward. For so, for me, I have a list and I follow the list religiously. I know where I'm about to go and I follow the list. There's no time wasted. I'm done with point one, I go to point two, I'm done with point two, I go to point three. There's no leeway time it's just Mm -hmm. sitting down and if i want to go over the 30 minutes i do and i just whip it out i know exactly where i'm going and for moms newer who maybe don't know like exactly the framework or like what the path is i have them think about what's next when they are folding laundry when they are going to the bathroom when they are brushing their teeth so when they sit down for their work time they really hit it and talking about your dog i blocked out walk my dog today. Mm -hmm. And part of my workday, because I believe in that high purpose, high profit, high pleasure business was blocking out that time for my beach time and walking my dog. And then I picked up my son from school. I spent time with him and I blocked out this hour to spend with you during my son's quiet time where he gets to relax and play toys and work on his tablet. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I must jump in and say that while we're talking about moms, this sort of applies to anyone trying to do any, any big task. We, what we're really talking about is competing priorities, competing responsibilities, and then strategies on how to just get more done and, and be more focused and be hyper-focused. And time blocking is a really, really good way to do it. Now you talk about 15 hours a week, that's hyper-focused 15 hours. And there's this research that shows you that people always tend to fill up the time allocated for a task. And yes, okay, that's within reason. So if the task is going to take longer, okay, you're going to push it. But you've just said that if, if it goes past 30 minutes, well, that's that's fine. You will put in the 45 of or the, or the hour that you need. So um, there is that sort of research that indicates that if you're trying to get something big done, just block it out. T- tell yourself, you know, if you're, Training for a marathon, block out training sessions. Don't say, oh, I will train X amount of times a week. You know, I don't need to put it in a calendar because I guarantee you what's going to happen is you're never going to put your shoes on. You're never going to run. And, and, and guess what? That marathon, you're just going to say, actually, let's do the one in 2021, 2020. I give it a go, but I'm not ready. Let's go 2021. I go. And what you end up doing is just never really achieving what you've got to achieve. Now, with all this is there an element of that 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 sort of you know done is better than perfect as well that you sort of talk about or
1: absolutely <laughs> Done is much better than good. For instance, I have a new podcast out myself and I have one of my clients doing it for me and she offered to do everything for me. The editing, she made the music and that's the only reason I have it out there because she loves my work so much and I just film them. I don't edit them. She does it. I don't even listen to them because you know what? Done is better than perfect. If you wait for perfection, you will be waiting forever. As a matter of fact, when you start out, it's going to be messy and ugly, and it's okay. You only get better, just like that marathon you keep talking about, by putting that one step in front of the other. That first mile, it's not going to feel good. That's just part of business. Business is messy. Business has a lot of failures. I mean, I'm 20 years in. My first five years, I did like everything wrong that you could possibly do wrong, and I overworked, and I hated my business, and like It's just part of the curve. It goes back to what you said about the three years and the three days. I want to encourage anybody who's starting a business or newer in business that those success stories that you hear about three months, they are few and far between, just like movie stars are few and far between. <laughs> the three to five years is so much more reasonable. Most big businesses, like Amazon, Amazon was not profitable for 10 years, mm-hmm. yet you people expect to go online, they they try a little business here or there, then they quit and that's when you fail. If you never quit, you will not fail. Now you will have to pivot. If if you're not getting business and traction after a a reasonable amount of time, then you've missed the mark. You've most likely crafted an offer that people don't want. That's the most common- Sort of
0: reason for for, failure, so to speak. yeah, Yeah.
1: For undesirable results, for not signing clients, for not making money, is that you've crafted something that people don't want. And that is part of inexperience. And it's also part of not maybe having the right guidance to help shortcut your success, but you need to make sure that you craft an offer that people actually want to buy from you.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I think often people just hear about, oh, you know, I know this guy, he's got a drop shipping business. He makes so much money or he's got an affiliate business. He makes so much money doing this. It is crazy. I wish I was him, but you sort of don't realize the time that they've had, had to spend, you know, working for 20 years in e-commerce to understand why people buy and how SEO works. Um, I was listening to, a, listening to another podcast recently um, and, the per, and that guy, he does affiliate marketing now, extremely successful, but he's spent three to five years building these websites that come up on search results that people trust, that people believe in. It was three to five years of no income. And now, yes, he makes money. But um, often I think people forget to mention the hard work that they put in, funny enough. They just sort of go, hey, look at me now. I'm making all this money. Um, how awesome am I? Forgetting to sort of mention, actually, I had to put in all this work. I had to do all this stuff. Now, going back to time blocking, so that's one one way to, I guess, get things done. Um, when you time block, do you also say, um, how outcomes so that you don't end up, you know, say having another 30 minutes blocked out and end up working on what you're working in the previous 30 minutes. Is that, is that one of the, one of the aspects of it? Sort of saying 30 minutes, time blocked, task blocked as well.
1: It's task blocked. Like I said, I usually follow the same formula that's really worked for me in growing my business. So I know what's going to come next. And again, if this is, well, help people who are feeling overwhelmed. If the 30 minutes comes up, you can stop. You don't have to continue, even if you're not done. You I choose to if I'm in the flow. If I'm not flowing, then it's totally fine to stop. However, I am one of those people when I am high vibe and in the flow, that's why pleasure is so important in your business. I can whip out two pieces of content in like seven minutes for Mm -hmm. for real. Mm -hmm. Like or Uh, a podcast episode, like a a really juicy training will come out of me in 20 minutes. But that's after years and years and years of experience. I love how you talked about the drop shipping. So many people have been contacting me because they want to sell Mm -hmm. a product. I have a digital product. What I tell them is that digital product was 13 years in the making. I didn't just pop into the business world and all of a sudden make a product when I didn't have clients, when I didn't do group programs, when I didn't know my people. So that seems to be a common fantasy and I get it. That fantasy of passive income is what's drawing a lot of people in. And I, I'm really, (laughs) I do some tough love. I break it down to them that how are you going to sell a product when you don't have an audience, when you don't, you know, when you haven't refined your product, it's a great fantasy. It does work for a very small amount of people where they can sell product before they sell services, but having a service based business is so much easier because that's how you're going to know your audience. You're going to work with them directly. You're going to refine your offer and how you help them. And that can be packaged later on into a Well, essentially
0: what you're talking about is is the fact that you're doing market research when you're doing service? You're talking to people. You're doing market research. You're understanding what these people want, and then you can go out there and make something that's much more rigid, much more robust, much less flexible, um, and it'll be polished as well. But you're you're sort of what you're doing is for years, for thirteen years, for however long you work in the services industry. You're just trying to find, and you're doing the research that yes, you can do desk research for a year and try and get the same sort of result, but it's, it's never going to be, it's never going to be the same. And those people who pop up overnight and do really well, they've, they've got a, they would have made that income elsewhere. They have to save that money for advertising, or they just really well networked, know, know how to hustle and get, make use of a network. I don't see personally, I don't see anyone coming out of nowhere being an overnight success and then, well, those overnight successes end up usually, you know, closing up shop anyway, because there's something unsustainable about that model versus putting in the work and sort of knowing that market and being able to pivot as well. What are you, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Okay. So I, this sounds counterintuitive to what we're talking about. I actually do know an overnight success who legitimately scale to a multiple seven figure business in a year. However, I know one of those people out of, like the thousands of people Mm -hmm. online, and she was able to do that. And she got a lot of support from her coach to help her shortcut her way and handle all the responsibilities of scaling. Because like you said, some people who do hit it up big and fast, they burn out and they close down shop because they cannot handle it. They are not equipped with the responsibilities of having that multiple seven-figure business. For the vast majority of people, I'm going to say like 99% plus people will deal with reality that having your business unfold, knowing your people, having an audience serving people is such a better way to make money in the long run. Now, I do think five years ago that drop shipping, or I know like white labeling on Amazon, you were able to make money back then. It's, it's a different marketplace now. And you have to deal with the marketplace now. Like, for instance, a lot of moms specifically are told to become mommy bloggers. Mm-hmm. So many of my clients have come to me after many months, if not years, trying to make it in a blog. Now, six or seven years ago, maybe this was mm-hmm. viable. But nowadays, When you're starting out from scratch, you basically have to blog full time and take a year or two before you get any SEO traffic. There's over a half a billion blogs out there, and the vast majority make less than $105 a month. A very small amount make a living wage, which is defined as $2,000 a month. And we're talking about teams with full-time bloggers. It's in my eyes, it's a low profit business. It's a mom trap. I call it a mom trap. This is one of those common traps where people, it feels like nowadays people want the easy money. I'm making quotes for that because they want passive income. They want to do a blog. They want to do these kind of things. They want to be YouTube stars. YouTube's another example. You now need 10,000 subscribers to even monetize mm-hmm. your site. So you are working for free for blogs and YouTube, just trying to get to the point where you can even begin monetizing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like, like the bottom line is it, there is no easy path. There just isn't like people who hit the right time, they've made it and it's amazing. And you're better off being consistent in a sound business and a sound business means that you are providing something for someone that needs it. Like somebody in in pain, they need something and you provide it. That can be a product. I usually, I deal with service-based businesses. That's my Mm -hmm. specialty. So I can't speak for the product size. If you are really, truly your heart wants product that I really recommend you get a product coach. Somebody who has done that, has brought things to the marketplace to help shortcut your trip. Otherwise, you could be calling those stores and everything and retailers for years trying to get in the doors. And for service, it's so much. much easier because you take an audience that you have access to figure out what their pain points are through them. Very essential market research. Match them with your current skills. I do not believe in having to learn new skills to have a viable business. That actually makes it less likely because you are not a true expert. yeah. You're a you spend so much
0: You've got time. to spend time just learning. Yeah, you've you just got to spend time learning exactly. how to ride the bicycle rather than rather right. than knowing how to ride a bike to get get going. Like how how much easier would a bike race be if you know how to ride the bike um, versus having to learn how to ride ride a bike first. And
1: think of how you're going to show up. Like let's just say I started riding my bike last week and I'm trying to land these big, you know, professional bike yeah. riding sponsorships. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not going to show up for that because most of us have some common decency and integrity to not pretend that we're going to ride the Tour de France last <laughs> week when we just got our first bicycle the last week. But you'd be sh- shocked at how many moms I see do this. One of my newest clients came to me after spending all of last year trying to sell Click Funnels because she had taken a Click funnel course wow. because she believed she had to take course. And another client, the same story, but with her, it was website design. And I hate to say this when I looked at her website design, it was not up to snuff and it was never going to command the premium pay. Some of us have an eye for design and some of us don't. However, this same client has 12 years of music editing. She has a master's in music, has played in an orchestra since she was a child. Her real strength was music, but she believed she could not monetize this because she had been told by previous employees that this is not a a, Mm -hmm. monetizable
0: sort of yeah.
1: Yeah. So we took her skill, her innate skill. We Ditched the horrible website design because her eyes are not like her ears. And she is now my podcast editor, and she easily signed her first paying client with so much ease after spending an entire year last year mm-hmm. trying on her own, barking up the wrong tree. She's killing it. She had five leads on Monday with no effort of her own because she truly can stand in her expertise. Mm-hmm. She knows she can kill it. It's just another example of how trying. Trying to do something that really isn't you doesn't work. It's such a struggle versus you grounding into your own skills and expertise and recognizing them. The trick is, it's hard to recognize them and see what's profitable. That comes with my superpower of pinpointing people's perfect business ideas honed with helping sex workers transition out of the adult industry. Thank you for listening to the Future Tribe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast app.